0: This is the second episode on homelessness and the work the Coalition for the Homeless does in New York City. I also go out with the volunteers of the Grand Central Food Program, which is the Coalition's mobile soup kitchen program, to see for myself the work they do and the state of the homeless. I arrive at St. Bart's Church on the corner of Park Avenue and 51st Street on a cold January night. The place is bustling with activity. Volunteers, program coordinators are working to serve food to the homeless who are lining up. I speak with Juan, the Grand Central Food Program director, who's coordinating the work on the ground. It's close to 7pm. It's pretty cold. Juan's giving instructions to a group of volunteers on what to do and how to deliver. Few people line up to collect food. Just outside the church, there are homeless people sleeping on the streets, on a bed made of flattened cardboard. As I stand here watching the operations, homeless people come line up to collect hot soup, bagels
1: in a plastic bag.
0: Hi, Juan. Can you introduce yourself?
1: Sure. My name is Juan de la Cruz. I am the program director for the Grand Central Food Program with Coalition for the Homeless.
0: Juan, could you just tell me a little bit more about what's going on here?
1: Sure. So here we are serving meals out of our van. Uh, We today, for example, have served 248 meals. Every day we give out two bread, orange, and milk as a meal. And we also get some donations from area restaurants. So we get some salads, we get some other items that we're able to give to the guys that come to get a meal from us.
0: How many people do you serve in a day on a route like this?
1: So we have three vans. On average, we do about a thousand meals a day. Uh, We have an uptown route, a downtown route, and a Bronx route. Each of those probably serves anywhere from 240 to 260 meals. And then here at St. Bartholomew's Church, we serve anywhere from 250 to 300 people as well.
0: So I see a lot of homeless people out here right now. How many people have you served tonight?
1: 248 people have been served here so far tonight.
0: And on the routes that you go, do you meet the same family of faces? Do they expect you?
1: Yes, that is part of the beauty of our program. We do the same routes, the same stops at the same time every day. So we do see quite a bit of people that come on a nightly basis. There are many familiar faces that we see where we can then work with them on getting other resources, getting them other needs that they may have met.
0: Have you seen the numbers go up because of the COVID?
1: COVID has led to a large increase in the numbers that we serve. So for example, here at St. Bartholomew's Church, before COVID, we were probably serving anywhere from 175, sometimes 200 people. The minute COVID hit, we were serving over 400 people. The numbers have come down a little bit, but they're still in the 250 to 300 people served a night here. And then on the routes, the numbers have also gone down a little bit compared to the height of COVID, but still a lot higher than they were at this time last year.
0: What inspired you to work for this
1: mission? There's nothing greater than seeing somebody in need and being able to offer some assistance, something as basic as a meal, something as basic as a soup, as an orange, and how much the need is. So I believe in in meeting the needs where they're at and food is definitely something that dear to me and and i do uh benefit from being able to serve and get to know these folks on a different level
0: three vans are lined up with food to serve people in different parts of manhattan and the bronx i go with a group of volunteers in one van around downtown we go to 34th street on the east side and then we travel further down to canal street chinatown all the way to Wall Street and back up to the west side. And there's a lot of background noise that affects the quality of this recording. On our way, I asked the volunteers, what drives them? Could you tell me a little bit about yourselves? So, uh,
2: Caroline, I'm, uh, as I mentioned, we're Irish. We've been living here for seven years, five New York. I work in banking And I suppose the other thing, because we are Irish, there's more of a tradition of you actually physically volunteer. There's probably not the same sort of corporate fundraising where we come from. So I think that's probably maybe part of our culture as well, that you should donate hours and time, not just dollars, although everybody appreciates both.
3: Enda Kelleher, I work for an Irish software company, We mostly help non-residents with their U.S. tax returns, so we're just getting into our busy season right now. We'd work with a lot of schools and universities across New York, but also across the U.S., working with your international populations.
0: And Mary, what's your
2: story? So I think I just volunteer seeing the need on the street. I'm from the Midwest, and when I came to New York, I saw a large population out on the street that just seemed kind of lost. And I had volunteered in a drop-in center for the mentally ill or chemically dependent ill. And after the 2008 and 2009, a lot of drop-in centers were closed because of the economy and that particular one had closed. So I wanted to continue what I was doing and maybe do more street outreach and found the coalition. And I've been there since probably because I knew there was people like Mary who were working all hours in the hospitals and you were aware of healthcare workers and what others were doing, even your grocery store. We work from home and I think like a lot of people wanted to do something to contribute to New York City who was going through a really tough time and you know the burden has been carried by our frontline workers, not like people like and I. So I think was just a small token gesture to chip it
3: i'd agree with that i suppose a lot of people are are very generous and make donations to to different not-for-profits and i suppose for us while we do that as well i suppose we wanted to maybe put ourselves a little bit outside of our comfort zone and, and actually do something that maybe feels a little bit more tangible and i suppose maybe on a very personal note we've been living in the u.s for nearly seven years now and in new york for about five and i suppose It kind of felt like we wanted to contribute when the city was going through such a challenge and to play our part, a very, very tiny token part in that.
0: Many of these volunteers are folks with a regular life and a day job. They help out with food distribution in the evenings as a way to contribute back to society. Some of them, like Mary, have been doing this for the past 10 years or so. Donations alone don't make the cut. Meeting the homeless in person... Chatting with them and helping them with at least one good meal a day is what these volunteers want to do with their time. The volunteers share with me some very interesting stories.
4: So this individual, her name is Anne. Her friend Mark and her live in a building or a couple buildings where a number of people can't get out. They can't get, you know, they're uh, homebound kind of. And we saw her friend Mark a number of years ago at one of the stops and he was asking for extra stuff because he was going to take it to the apartment building. And we kind of said, we have a lot of stuff. We can't really give you seconds. We're trying to feed all these people at least one. And then we saw him at another stop pretty far away. And he had actually probably like jogged or made a big effort to come and like stand online for another stop to get food for another person in the building or other people. So we kind of after this sort of happened for a couple of weeks, we said we kind of pulled Mark aside and we said, so what's the deal here? What's going on? He said that there's a number of people that he's trying to get food for. So we we worked it out with Mark and his friend Ann to just make a separate stop so that we can give them extra stuff. I mean, it's nice that people volunteer for this, but it's also nice to hear stories of people that are doing things on a small level in their own building to try to get to help people like within that small community. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we can help them with that is pretty cool.
0: And how long have they been?
4: Oh, it's been, uh, I don't know, years. years. Has it been that long? I think it's been about 10 years. Oh, wow. I was going to say five, but I guess time flies. It could be.
0: after I started. Yeah. Is there any special story that sticks out in
1: your mind? It's been so many years. I think one of the stories that always kind of touches me and reminds me of why we do this was, so we had a JVC, which is a Jesuit volunteer, who was serving with us, but also another Jesuit volunteer who was, living, who was working in a school. The assignment in the school was to draw a picture, and the little person, the little child, drew a picture of a box with wheels. And basically when the teacher asked... What is that? They said, oh, this is the van that comes every night and gives food to me and my family. So that, to me, kind of reminds me of why we do this on a daily basis.
3: I would say a few different things. One is is how Brian and Mary would actually know a lot of the folks and know them over a number of years. That would be one thing that, that struck me. Then, only about a month ago, just when the weather started getting really bad, I pulled out an old hat that I'd been wearing from doing races up in Central Park. And one of the guys when we were handing out food said oh buddy nice hat and immediately I thought you know that was a nice compliment and kind of said nice hat you got any more and I was just thinking you know the poor guy is obviously cold and he's just looking for a hat so that was something else that, that struck me I guess
2: uh-huh. I mean like Mary and Brian have been doing it much longer so they would as Enda said know other the people but like there are like certain stops the certain people or there's certain characters We have a Biden fan at the first stop. Later on, we've got a MAGA fan. We're always grateful they're not at the same stop. Uh, We've got Rachel, who was like the matriarch, who would have said of one of our stops. So you've got Fred, you've got all these characters. And I think through Mary and Brian, you know, you get to realize everybody has a story and they're not all the same. People have ended up with food insecurity for a myriad of reasons.
3: And then you know some people that you'd see would be walking up to get, collect their food, and they might be on an iPhone, or they might look like they're quite well presented. And I suppose part of you is thinking, jeepers, you know, did they need it, or you know, are some people chancing their arm? But I suppose you can't judge what somebody might be going through in their own life, and this could be absolutely essential, even though somebody's managed to present themselves well. And then there's obviously a lot of folks that do have mental health challenges, and it can be very, very obvious as you see them in line. That's not.
0: In terms of awareness about the state of the homeless, this is what the volunteers had to share.
1: I think the simplest message is that the folks that we serve are just your regular neighbors. There are some people that are dealing with this unfortunate piece of, of their life, but um, they are just like you, myself, and, and, other, and other folks that we see on a daily basis. And to um, so be helpful and be kind and whenever possible.
4: Brian, who's a volunteer
0: and has been driving us around this night, had this to add.
4: I think a lot of people have this where... They're not viewing homeless people. They sort of view them more as, like, an untouchable or not approachable or... I feel like I had that. And I feel like by doing this, it's connected me with all of New York, basically, in, a, like, a deeper way. To me, it's that. It's, like, just think, think about... Uh, I mean, it's it's what they said is definitely true, but, like, also, like, on a higher level, just try to think about another person, basically, and, like... Try to get beyond some of your prejudices, I guess. I mean, I know I had to do that, and that's sort of why I started volunteering part of it. It's sort of a cliche thing, but if everybody thought a little bit beyond themselves and thought, maybe how can I help people in my community, then it'd be better for all of us. Kind of a cliche thing, but that's sort of the way I feel about it, I guess.
0: Toward the end of our trip at Lafayette Street, not too far from Wall Street, We stopped to deliver food to a group of people who were standing in line. I'm helping the volunteers hand out the bags, and a man comes up to us. I hand him a bag. He looks at me and asks, Do you have gloves? And that's when I notice that his hands are bare and he's shivering. It's a very cold night. We have no gloves. We are only distributing food tonight. The next man in line asks for a pair of socks, and the man after him asks for a sleeping bag. On their faces, I see hunger and helplessness. I'll not forget their faces and I'll not forget that sight. These people remind me that they're not very different from you and I. And sometimes all they need is acknowledgement of the fact that they're as human as anyone else. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. See you very soon in the next episode that will also feature a trip around the city with volunteers who work for homeless people. Thanks for joining us this week on Heroes of New York. Make sure to visit our website, anusainan.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks from now.